Welcome back, everyone, to another Eat Speed podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. Derek Walker is our guest today from Smokeaholics, 1417 Evans Avenue in the heart of the Fort Worth South Side. Derek, it has been a year. Is that right? It has. Uh, August 1st will actually be a year. Now, what, what were you thinking when you opened, and how did you come to open Smokeaholics? Well, you, what were you thinking then, and uh, did you think you'd be where you are now? Uh, yes or I, no? I, hope, I hoped I'd be where I am now, but in all honesty, I, 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 I had no clue. I really, didn't, I, I really didn't. I couldn't have foreseen what's happening and what's going on right now. Well, to see the pictures of your long line for Father's Day barbecue and to read about the lines and to see the lines that I've seen at your restaurant. Look, let's all face it. Barbecue is doing the best of all uh, types of restaurants in uh, these last couple of months because people want to go get a bunch of good barbecue and take it home. And so barbecue is doing better than all other uh, types of restaurants for takeout. And you managed to build a reputation fast. You had some good friends and you got off to a good start. And now you're riding it. Look at the lines. Yeah. Um, just like you said, some good friends and some some hard work prior to opening the doors. We The, the food truck kind of boosted us the year prior. Uh, we had the same lines at the food truck. We were out in, on the southwest side of Fort Worth on Hewland. And if it was raining, sleeting, snowing, regardless, we had that same line, three-hour sellouts every day that we opened the window on the truck. So, and social media has helped a lot, a lot, a lot. How did the barbecue, fa- give me the barbecue family tree here, because you got your truck from Panther City, and that mm. took over Heim's old space, and kind of mm-hmm. what's the what's the craft barbecue family tree, and where do you fit in? Oh, man, it's, uh, I, I guess in Fort Worth, uh, I, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, but as far as takeoffs, uh, I, I guess Heim took off first. And then Panther City kind of took off after him. Um, I, I always, I've been knowing Panther City and working with Panther City and doing things with them guys since like 03, 04. So I kind of came right after Panther City. But in the mix of us, you had uh, Dane and you had Trevor. You had Derek Allen and you had uh, Brandon, which is in Arlington, not quite Fort Worth, but right next door, Hurtado. So it kind of it was a, a, a barbecue um, <laughs> explosion. <laughs> shall i say well now did and, how did how did how did you know chris and arnie or how did that uh how did you and panther city start out working together and then what uh, and then you got off and and uh, got going uh, not too far away yeah i met chris and ernie back in i think like oh three oh four uh somewhere in there uh doing cook-offs we were both cooking in the ibca doing barbecue comps and um I met those guys. We we both had mutual friends, and we kind of linked up that way. And then I met them, and we did some comps. And we, I'd go hang out at their cook site. They'd hang out at my cook site. We'd share tips, tricks, and whatnot. And the friendship kind of blossomed. And it just continued over the years. When they uh, start, when I was doing pop-ups, they'd show up at my pop-ups. When they were doing pop-ups, I'd show up at theirs. And we just kind of supported each other morally throughout this thing since we first began. So the friendship blossomed long ago, and it's just continued. Uh, last week, a uh, week, week before last, we did a, a joint barbecue class together for uh, Father's Day at Panther City, and that turned out great. Sold out within 48 hours. So that that turned out great, too. So just real good friends of mine. Well, Steve, I know you want to talk to Derek, too. We, we were at 
uh, Smokeaholics for for a, one of our shows. Uh, you know, I, before I turn it over to you, I want to ask him just for people who haven't been to Smokeaholics, what makes your barbecue a little different from Panther City or Heim? What the other craft barbecue places do? What's your Tech Soul barbecue? So I, I chose to stick closer to my roots. Uh, like I said before, there's been an influx of Tex-Mex barbecue uh, throughout Texas. A lot of uh, pis, uh, pitmasters of Hispanic origin and even pitmasters who aren't of Hispa Hispanic origin tend to go Tex-Mex just because it's popular. I didn't want to do that. Uh, I wanted to stick to my roots. So I coined the phrase Tex-Soul. So my barbecue is more soul food influence. I wouldn't say the barbecue is. The barbecue is pretty much Texas-style barbecue, but the sides, the desserts are all soul food influence. So we do a lot. We do collard greens here. We do, instead of baked mac and cheese, we do a smoked mac and cheese, which is just like your grandmother's baked mac and cheese recipe. We do, uh, from time to time, we may have candy yams. We may have broccoli rice and cheese casserole. We got cornbread, uh, banana pudding, uh, scratch peach cobblers, and, you know, um, the cakes and just everything that we do is kind of like I say, a, a, from a southern soul food influenced vibe. Steve, ask him some barbecue questions. <laughs> well, let's see. Of course, uh, are you having trouble getting rib tips? Uh, at the moment, I'm not. Uh, maybe a month and a half ago, we were when we were limited to suitcases from one of the local suppliers, but uh, everything's kind of rebounded and now we're, we're good. We can pretty much get get everything. And, those, uh, those tips, what are, tip, tips of the uh, was it St. Louis cut or no? So what it what it is is the it's the top part of the spare rib, and uh, when you trim a spare a full spare to a St. Louis, you cut the tips. The tips are removed, and usually those are discarded by a lot of people, or they cut off the meaty portion and use it to make sausage and their grind or whatnot. But I started cooking them for cook snacks because every pitmaster knows, and during long cooks. You need something to snack on. So I used to trim spares to St. Louis and I would cook the tips and we would snack on them. And they were so good. Everybody started saying, hey, man, you need to start selling these. So that's exactly what I did. And they kind of just blew up. And, you're, and you said you had a cornbread dish that was selling real well? Yeah, we have a dish here that we call loaded cornbread. So it's a huge slab, man, of honey butter cornbread. And we top it with baked beans. And our baked beans already have ground beef, bacon, bell pepper, onion, and a lot of spices, brown sugar, and whatnot. So we top the cornbread with that. And then it gets chopped brisket. It gets barbecue sauce. It gets green onion, shredded cheddar cheese, and uh, sour cream. And that thing is kind of taking off, man. Everybody, e every day we sell, I don't care how many pans of cornbread I make, it's gone. Uh, what time do y'all sell out? Because I still see on Facebook this... Uh picture of the sign that look at that at your door that has your picture on the door and says sold yeah. out sold and so you led and that's getting earlier and earlier yeah um it's it kind of evened out back to four at, at one while it was like three o'clock and that was nuts i found a way to cook a little bit more and now it's about four o'clock but uh we have another smoker on the way from aj at aj's custom cookers and hopefully we'll be able to get closer to our seven o'clock more Tell us a little bit about how you got up and going and what you feel like you your real specialty is. I mean, obviously, this cornbread's going good, but what do you want people to try the first time they come to Smokeaholics? Oh, man. Um, I'd say my ribs, ribs and rib tips are, are what I say my specialty is. Here lately, most people come in here and all they talk about is brisket. I mean, we still sell a ton of ribs. 
uh, I've been told from a lot of the other guys around here that that they sell nowhere near as many ribs as we sell. But we sell a ton of ribs, but people come in for the brisket. They they really come in for the brisket. And you're getting, is it still the Creekstone or which brisket is it? You're still buying the, the nicer brisket, I, I use, right? I use a, yeah, I still use a prime brisket, but I'm using Nolan Ryan. I, I've, I've got Nolan a Texas Ryan. product now. I'm using Nolan Ryan uh, 1855 prime right now. Okay. How's that comparing? Uh, it's really it's a really nice product. Really nice product. I'm happy with it. Customers are happy with it. So, yeah, we um, it's like a a lot lot better fat content, a lot moisture than you would get out of a select or a choice brisket that you buy from the grocery from a regular grocery store. So, what's the first thing you uh, sell sell out of in the morning? Rib tips. Mm-hmm. Always the first to go. <laughs> I don't care how many I cook. I can cook 120 pounds of tips and they're gone by one o'clock and we open at 11. And that's because they're a good value, right? You're either ripped. Yeah, they are. They're they're $7 a pound. Yeah, that's $7 a pound. So essentially you get a whole styrofoam sandwich container full of tips for seven bucks. And that's, that's probably one of the reasons they go as fast that and they're, they're, and they're delicious. Are are people's orders changing of people? You said the brisket is still obviously still going great, but are people ordering any differently now the last couple of months than they were before? Have the the, the size uh, of the orders or the, what they order any different? No, you know what? That's one thing that I notice about us that I don't notice at other places. It, and that's that's one thing that contributes to the wait time here. If our line is super long, like all of the last three to four weeks, well, not last week, right after the fourth, it was super slow. That was the yeah. best time for anybody to get here who hadn't had the opportunity to get in was the week after the fourth. But prior to that, we had two hour waits, man. Those people outside in line for two hours. And uh, I think the thing about that is nobody orders small here. I don't know why, <laughs> but nobody orders. Nobody comes in and just orders a, a two meat plate and a drink and just calls it a day. Everybody comes in here with a list and they order in four and for four and five people or they're ordering pounds and pounds of everything. They're leaving with four and five bags. So that kind of contributes to our wait time. So, yeah, I, I did notice at first people were ordering smaller, and now it's just larger and larger. And I think that's because uh, they're telling their friends, hey, if you don't get it by 1 o'clock, you're not going to get it. Or if you don't get it by 2, you're not going to get it. And people are in line, and they're calling around like, hey, I'm here. What do you want? And they're taking all their friends' orders and getting it while they can get it. Once people wait in line for an hour, they want to get a lot of food. They don't want to have to go back and get in line again. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Well, let's talk about the last two or three months and how the, the you know, I, I don't know if it's even been a recession as well as you're doing, but how the changes have affected you and how you think the changes have affected the barbecue business in general. Yeah, um, not much effect on us. The only effect is that we hadn't been able to let people sit down inside. Well, you know, we're small anyway. We hadn't been able to seat the, the, the normal 12 people that we would seat. Other than that, it's been business as usual. Well, I wouldn't say business as usual because it's doubled. Um, once the pandemic hit, we had to open the side door. We weren't letting anybody in the building, and they still lined up for us. And, you know, but at that time, we started getting a big push to support small business, support local businesses, support small businesses. And people did. People were going out to all small businesses that I knew of and showing up in droves and supporting. And so we were recipients of that. And then, uh, not to mention, right after that, with the the change in climate as far as social injustice goes, uh, so another push was to support support black owned businesses, 
and everybody showed up in droves on top of the people that we already had showing up in droves. And then I got two or three more publications and interviews and uh, Texas Monthly article came out. So those people piled on top of those people and it just it, it blew up and it went crazy. We know when that push started, uh, people had read about you. They knew about your restaurant. I'm not trying to get you to share the business any, but what are some other restaurants that people should know about east of I-35 that people really need to find out about if they're looking for good barbecue, good food, any any kind of good restaurant? Tell me, for all the people who, who have already come and waited in line at your place, what are the other places they should go? Well, if it's barbecue uh, and you hadn't been to Jube's, you, you should check out Jube's Smokehouse. Uh, if it's a Edward Saturday. Terrace and Stop Six. Mm-hmm. If it's a Saturday, you should definitely go check out Trevor over at uh, Bricks Barbecue. And um, um, more than likely, if you love barbecue, you've already tried Panther City. And like I said, you also got Derek Allen, who's over here in our, in our corridor. So those are just a few that are right over here. And we're all, I think Jube's only, what, 10 minutes from me and everybody else is five. So we're all over here in the same place doing the same thing. And Everybody's selling that. Everybody's got great product. And I think you should try us out. You might even want to do a crawl. Get out early and hit us out. The East Side Barbecue Crawl would be great. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're just to go only right now, right? Yep. Right now we're to go only. And what about the uh, this, the the benches, you, the, the benches you have in back or the... Yeah, I have a, uh, I have picnic tables out back, but right now it's miserably hot, so I don't even think anybody's interested. So uh-huh. I, I, if somebody asks that knows, I'll open the gate, but a lot of times we'll have the gate open and nobody even thinks to sit back there. It is hot, and nobody wants to sit out there. Yeah, tell us about yeah. tell us about Keisha. What does Keisha do, and are, are some of these her recipes for any of the sides? Tell us I'll, about Keisha. Do, so Keisha's, Keisha's role is, Keisha does everything, but the dessert, she does all of the baking. She uh, she pretty much makes our potato salad, and all the other sides are, are me. Um, I get in in the morning. I I have a, a a meat well a meat prep guy. He preps meats with me in the evening, and then I come in in the morning. I prep the rest of the meats, and once I put them on, my dad comes in and takes over the pits around eight. So I don't I'm freed up to do the sides. Uh, Keisha does the baking. And Keisha, after that, does everything else. She's on the register. She's up front bagging. She's in the back prepping. She's making sides. She's she's working the sideline. She's running to calls. She does it all. She answers the phones. <laughs> she's superwoman. And all it is, and, so, and most mornings, at least three days a week, she goes to, she's a hairstylist, so she goes to her salon. She'll open her salon in the morning, do a couple of clients, and then come here and bake and do all of that and sometimes leave her when we're sold out and go and finish and do a couple more clients. So Keisha is a modern day superwoman. Where is she now? We should have had her in too. She's uh <laughs> in the, actually in the kitchen right now baking <laughs> sweet potato pies. Baking sweet potato pies. See now that, mm-hmm. that that's fantastic. Now have you adjusted any uh anything at all as far as like do you do online ordering now or do you do you uh I mean, have you adjusted anything at all for the, the kind of the way business has changed? No, we have a Grubhub to kind of kind of take some of the slack off of us because after 11 o'clock, we're so busy, we really can't answer the phone. Uh, we only have the one, one cashier and the one register, and the place isn't big enough to add another register and another cashier. So uh, we take call-in orders from 10 to 11 a.m. After that, we, don't, we pretty much can't even pick up the phones. 
So we switch over to Grubhub, and we'll run Grubhub until we just can't anymore. Uh, it's usually around 2.30 or 3 o'clock, we'll start running out of stuff, so we have to turn Grubhub off. And then after that, it's just walk-ins only. So, And I think our clientele is pretty much adjusted to that. Most of them know to walk-in, and uh, more and more of them are not worried about the wait, and that's surprising to me. Steve, you know, that reminds me of Summerhill House on Magnolia. The, the phone would just ring and ring and ring, and Doris would go over and pick up the phone and say, come down and find out. And then she'd hang up. <laughs> My daughter would probably do the same thing if I'd let her. <laughs> that, that would be about all that, that he could do. The uh, What are you going to do for, for your one-year anniversary? What specials, offers, anything uh, to kind of celebrate? COVID. COVID kind of smashed our plans with all the social distancing. We were I, I had a huge extravaganza planned. I was going to basically close the restaurant, and we were going to order uh, tents and put them in a lot next door, bounce houses for the kids. I wanted to do free food and drink until it ran out. I was going to have some of the local car clubs and motorcycle clubs come out and park all up and down Evans, and we were just going to have a, a big shindig, but of course, that's not smart right now with what we've got going on, so I'm trying to think of some other creative ways that I can show uh, people that I appreciate them. And I'll probably roll something out in the next week and start letting people know what it is. But right now I haven't really uh, pinpointed it because I kind of had my heart set on doing that. So, and maybe we'll do that later once this is all behind us. Uh, Cause I still want to do something huge for, for my people because without them, there'd be no us man. And there I've got some people who are here. We open four days a week. I've got people who've been here four days a week since I opened my doors. So I really love to give back to, you know, people who support us like that. Well, and you've got a heart with that hospital community, right? I mean, you, you, you've uh, served that hospital setting for a long time and, you know, talk yep. about, you know, serving the hospital customers during this time. Yeah, they, uh, they, they for sure haven't given up on us. JPS. I think we serve every department in JPS. They uh, All day long, our phone rings and it's JPS, JPS, and it's a different department. And they come down, they'll send one person, and that one person comes fix up a box of about 20 meals. We, we're sending probably 100 meals a day to JPS alone. But then we get Cooks, we've got Harris, we've got um, pretty much all of the little medical offices. Everybody in the medical district supports us, and, and we love them, and we just love to really do something to show them. What do you want to do next with all the success? Um, expand right here. I, I'd like to... Uh, and that's already in the makings. I, I won't I won't divulge too much, but we're in the in the process of making a couple of purchases that'll make that happen here here soon. And hopefully, in the next six to eight months, we'll have some construction going on and start adding on to this place and making some better uh, parking with the lot next door and being able to do some other stuff. So, uh, a, a larger restaurant. I've got millions and millions of well. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I've got lots of recipes that I that I like to roll out. Uh, I need some deep fryers because I, I I got a lot of stuff that I like to do fried wise and you get with appetizers Keisha, between, between the between you and Keisha you might have millions and millions. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to have a bar in in the near future and outside patio area and so if if all if all works out if everything works the way that I plan it that that's what will happen in the near future. And no. I've noticed that, that people say that uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your dreams. That's been true for us because every time I dream something, <laughs> it's, it's minuscule to what he has in store. So what hopefully. Mm -hmm. 
Steve, I know you want to ask him something else too. I just, there was a reason that you wanted to stay in the 1400 block of Evans Avenue. And you've told me that story, but tell it again. I mean, you didn't go anywhere else. You wanted to be right there and talk about that. Yeah, this is home. I was born and raised right here. Uh, my mom and dad still live five minutes down the street. So if I need to go check on mom, I can. She's right down the road. Um, ran up and down these streets in, in my in my youth. And I just really couldn't fathom being anywhere else. Uh, we had a couple of other prospects, a couple of other places that we could have gone. But this building just kept drawing us and pulling us back here. So I'm glad that that, that it did and that this is where we ended up. Because like I say, I feel like I'm home. Now, if you expand the restaurant, um, you said you wanted to do a lot more soulish uh, proteins t- too? or Exactly. Exactly. More soul food. Uh, and we, I want to have at least seating inside for uh, 50, maybe 40 to 50 people. And then a patio outside that can accommodate maybe 20 people. Now, mm-hmm. I like to have a bar. So... I'd like to bring in a bunch of different finger foods, you know, mm-hmm. wings, uh, hand cut fries and things of that nature, fresh uh, fried okra and then more soul food as well to the menu. Because there's a lack of soul food right now in Fort Worth. When I was growing up, it was a soul food restaurant, two to three in every neighborhood. Every every black neighborhood had two to three soul food spots. And now the only one that I can really think of is Mudil's. So uh, and then I think Stormy's, the, you know, Stormy's and Mudil's. Other than that, I can't really think of anywhere. So I like to bring that soul food aspect back to forward along with the good barbecue and some good finger foods and a, a place that you can come and enjoy a drink, watch the game and kind of get it all. So, yeah, first place I, I ever had rabbit was in Drake's cafeteria. So, that, yeah, see, uh, we had Drake's, we had Holbert's, we had uh, hatchets, we had uh, you could go down to Dickie Boys, you had uh, Carolinas, you know, all of these places when I was growing up that I used to eat at. And we don't have those anymore. Helen's right was right next door to where I'm at now. We so, love Helen's. We came from we came to Helen's from the paper, and you and I talked yeah. about J- Jimmy's ribs and Jimmy's barbecue up on Tucker. Yeah, was real well known for a while. Yep, I, and my hope is that right now, with a lot of people, uh, it seems like I don't know what's awakening people, but everybody's got a, an entrepreneurial spirit going on right now. There's a lot of people starting businesses. I hope that we can bring some of those places back and have some cornerstones in these neighborhoods the way it was when we were kids. Well, it sounds like you're going to invest a lot in Morningside and in a, a, a bigger and better barbecue place, maybe someplace with a you know, little more shade for the line, maybe a little more uh, you know, cover yeah. or something for all those people that, waiting out front. Yeah, that's, that's definitely in the works. Uh, my, my, same, my buddy that uh, builds my smokers, AJ, he's, he's also fabricates these cool, they're, they're like carports, they're metal but they're on wheels and they're huge and you can move them. So I'll probably have one of those coming in the next couple of months too. Uh, it'll probably be like a 30, 10 by 30. So it's long enough to, to span that whole parking area right there and everybody can get under it in shade. And then when we're closed, I can kind of roll it back up against the building, lock the wheels and it's good to go. So pretty cool. little neat idea that he's got right there. Yeah, Steve's going to ask some more meat question. I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your sausage. So I used to make sausage when I was on the trailer. I oh. do not make sausage anymore because when I was on the truck, it take me eight hours to make 50 pounds of sausage and 50 pounds of sausage be gone in an hour and a half when I open up and I'm out of sausage. So I, I couldn't keep up with the demand on the truck. And I know I couldn't keep up with the demand here because we're selling now what about 30, 40, 50. I, I sell about anywhere 70, 75 pounds of sausage a day. 
and I can't keep up with that demand. I can't make that, that amount of sausage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't make that amount of sausage. So we found we found a product from a small batch uh, place that we really like, and that's what we've been doing, and, and our customers like it. So whose barbecue are you using? Who's who's sausage? Uh, right now we're using Syracuse. We're using yeah. a, a Syracuse sausage. And Syracuse is a good sausage from Ponder Cast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Derek, anything else we need to know about Smokeaholics? And it sounds like when are you going to tell us more about your expansion plans that you already told us about? I'll tell you guys as soon as I know about them. Right, <laughs> right now, that's all, right now, that's all they are is plans. Just, uh, but I'm making moves in order to make make it happen. So the, as soon as I know more, I'll, I'll share. What do you want everybody else to know about Evans Avenue and the growth and the changes and coming over to Evans Avenue? What do you want everybody else watching this pod, listening to this podcast to know? Well, if you hadn't been here in a while and you're thinking that this is Evans from 1995, it isn't. So uh, don't don't get hung up on the area and, and thinking that it's bad. It's really quiet over here now and uh, friendly and lots of lots of diversity it's not it's not the same evans that i grew up on at all it's a very diverse area it's growing there are other businesses coming to the area and um if you're wondering about it come see man that's great Derek walker thank you very much smokeaholics 1417 evans avenue in the heart of the sunny south side in fort worth until next time on the east beat podcast i'm bud kennedy and steve Austin.